fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. A whole brand new week. Can you believe it? We have a lot to get to today as it is a... What is it? Week number one of the Biden administration taking over the White House, the most corrupt administration in U.S. history. Ah, what do you think of that? We're going to continue that trend for a while. So welcome into the show, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting all over the country as we broadcast everywhere. So if you don't find us or can't find us, then what the heck's wrong with you? It's a great Monday. It wasn't a good weekend, but it was. it's a great Monday. It's been a crazy wild Monday. As, uh, of course, Mondays are always like the busiest day to try and get set for a whole new week, and that's what we like to do here on the show, and we are ready to rock and roll. So thanks for hanging out with us today, and welcome in. Let's get to it, shall we? Michael Beatrice, he is the author of the book COVID-19, Lockdown on Trial. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We love, it's been a while since we've chatted with him. We'll get the latest on the COVID-19 restrictions across the nation as we see California New York, Michigan, all the Democrat-run areas that like locked everything down under the Donald Trump administration because, well, he is like the most horrible thing on the face of the earth. They are now starting to open things back up less than a week into the Biden administration. The big question is, would they have done the exact same thing if Donald Trump were still president right now? Or would they continue to keep things locked down because, well, Donald Trump didn't handle it appropriately. He tried to kill off a whole bunch of people. He didn't really pay attention. He didn't take it seriously enough. So Joe Biden, he's in there. He signed, you know, 30 executive orders already in the first four days. And now all of a sudden he's the great savior. And even though COVID-19 deaths are still like maintaining and positivity, rates are still maintained. Oh, but by the way, the World Health Organization has now come out and said, well, we're testing too many people and we're doing it, uh, doing it in a really rigorous process. We're getting too many false positives, so therefore we need to back off on the testing so that way we have lower positivity rates as well because, well, it's just too much. So now we have the World Health Organization telling us to not test as much because most of the positive tests are false. Then we see the Democrat-led states that locked everything down and said Donald Trump is handling this horribly are reopening within four days of the Biden administration. I find every all of this very unique, don't you? It's all quite convenient how it's all falling into place. Well, now Donald Trump is handling it horribly and everybody else is just ready to... Uh, you know, just praise Joe Biden for saving everybody just days into his administration. So I want to get to all that today because I find that kind of cute. We also have the big dramatic news today. Uh, let me see if I can find my, oh, I don't, oh, here it is. Yeah. The big dramatic news of the day is that this evening, Nancy Pelosi and the entire Democrat staff are about ready to walk across the chambers of the Capitol to manually, personally hand over the impeachment documents of President Donald John Trump into the hands of the Senate in person. They're not going to send their staffers. They're not going to send those people that usually do these, uh, you know, just little jobs. They're going to make it a point to hand it off in person to show how important it is to impeach President Donald J. Trump today. So the Senate's going to be receiving that. How we go about it is going to be interesting, as he will be the second, uh, be impeached for the second time by the U.S. Senate. Oh, my. 
So that's going to be fun to see how that goes. Now, here's the big part is the criminal trial that they want to start. We'll need, what was it? What did I hear? 12, 13 different Republicans to actually support that one because, well, I mean, they need the supermajority. They have the reconciliation. Um, so they have need the 60 votes. They need Republicans to support that. And therefore, I don't think it's going to happen. We see some of the Republicans, even ones like Marco Rubio. He's like, yeah, Donald Trump was somewhat uh, inciting the violence out there. I don't really know. But do we really need to do this? We're just throwing the gasoline on the fire, which he gets it. He gets it. We're going to silence you. We hate you. You're the deplorable. Come over and unite with us. But by the way, we're going to punish the guy that you've been following and that you think the election was stolen from. We're going to try and throw him in jail and incriminate him because we really just don't like him. Why won't you guys just get along and actually go along with us? Kind of strange. So that's going to be happening soon as well, and we'll get some updates as that continues to roll on as well. But I really want to focus some time today on the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? And it really helps if I actually pull over my audio clips that I was going to play today because that would be really important. But so Joe Biden has been on a tirade of ridiculous amounts of executive orders. Now, every president signs executive orders when they first get into office. That's what they do. They sit there, they get sworn in, and either the day of or the next very next day, they end up signing executive orders. And 90% of the time, those executive orders are really, here's what the past administration did. We don't like those, so here's an executive order repealing their executive order, and then here's a couple that I want to do as well. Every president has done them. I don't have the numbers right offhand. Donald Trump was up there really with everybody else. He didn't do any abnormally high or abnormally low. He was mainstream with pretty much how many executive orders other administrations had done. So now they tried to say, well, Andy, he only did one term, but like literally he was repealing a lot of stuff that Barack Obama had done. He had signed it. And most of them I think were good, even though I do not like executive orders. I wish they were done in a different way, but nonetheless, we agreed with some of the ones that he did. For example, the regulations, he signed the executive order saying that for every new regulation the federal government passed, they had to get rid of two regulations. So we kind of chopped down the regulation handbook of federal government like, ooh, we're going to come after the private sector. And that was a good thing. We like those types of executive, well, we like those types of things passing, not the fact that it was by, done by executive order. So Joe Biden is on day number four of his tirade of executive orders because he's literally said, Congress, don't worry about it. I got this. We're going to handle this myself. Because he knows his time is short-lived in the, in the White House before Kamala Harris trips him down the stairs accidentally. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. I thought you were tying your shoe. I was just trying to help. You know that's going to happen here relatively soon. So he's trying to get in as much as possible. Get his agenda done, feel like he did something for the country, and then he can step aside and be like, I was the great savior that opened up the economy, that made everybody wear masks, that got everything up and going again after COVID. I got the economy running again a little bit, even though Donald Trump already did that. I'm just going to take credit for it. That's kind of his motion. And while he claimed that he was not going to end fracking, he's now ending fracking. He has closed down the Keystone Pipeline construction, which is going to kill off thousands of jobs. He is trying to make us more dependent on foreign oil again, which is very strange after we became uh, uh, independent, energy independent in our own nation. What a crazy concept there. And while he says that he wants things done 
in America and production made in America, he's reopening up a lot of the tariffs uh, and getting rid of a lot of the tariffs that Trump had done to allow more of the foreign products to come into the country. See, I don't know if you're aware or not or how much you follow politics. This is exactly what politicians do. While they say they're here for America, they allow the other things to infiltrate to where we don't talk about them while they're happening, but they happen. And then you're saying we're all for America. We want the American made products. We want everybody to be done here. It's crazy how they can just lie through their teeth every single time and people fall for it. We're going back to the old school politics and it's kind of annoying to be honest. I'm kind of annoyed with how politics is done in the past because now we've seen how politics can be done any different way to where when he says something it actually means it. When we actually do something it's actually done properly and we can do it in a timely manner instead of the same old same old politics and it seems to me at least who's, you know, millennial, 32 years old, trying to figure out the world of politics, where it's now seeming more apparent and we can pick it out easier when they're lying or when they try and manipulate and say they're doing something while something else is actually happening. It's always been there. We've always been able to see it, but it's more apparent now. And whether it's just because Joe Biden's really, really, really bad at it or Donald Trump exposed it, maybe a little bit of both, I think more people who don't necessarily follow politics nearly as much are able to see that a little bit more. So Joe Biden, signing his executive order, signed the, what is it, the Build Back Better Recovery Plan today, just an hour or so ago. The Build Back Better Recovery Plan. Because Donald Trump's plan for the building back, which the V-shape economic recovery that we've seen, that's not good enough. We need it to be better than that. So the Build Back Better Recovery Plan that Joe Biden passed, and to me it seems a lot like an infiltration or the fusion of COVID-19 relief recovery and the Green New Deal that he said he didn't support, but yet he supported it on his website. Kamala Harris campaigned on it. Joe Biden campaigned on it. And the progressives like AOC are really forcing it down Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's throat to try and make it happen. It seems like it's kind of an infusion of economic recovery for COVID relief and the Green New Deal, where everything they're doing is not just trying to get jobs created to boost the economy again, but it's doing it in the name of environmentalism. Under the Build Back Better recovery plan, we'll invest hundreds of billions of dollars in buying American products and materials to modernize our infrastructure and our competitive strength will increase in a competitive world. That means millions of good paying jobs using American-made steel and technology to rebuild our roads, our bridges, our ports, and to make them more climate resilient as well as make them able to move faster and cheaper and cleaner to transport American-made goods across the country and around the world, making us more competitive. All right, so what they're going to do is he is essentially taking the playbook out of Barack Obama's playbook, and he's saying, oh, looky here, when we had an economic recession, what we're going to do is we're going to create jobs, and we're going to do that by doing infrastructure projects. Remember Barack Obama's infrastructure projects? That's all he did. He's like, we created jobs. Now, they were government jobs. They were government contract jobs. They were government construction jobs to where it was all infrastructure, and it was paid for by you, the American people. So it wasn't actually private contracted to private contractor for a project. It was you paying for it with your taxpayer money to invest in infrastructure just to boost it by false creation of jobs. And they're going to do it with a nice little twist of environmentalism to it. Let's just create a whole bunch of nice new infrastructure projects for our construction to get back to work and try to boost the economy. It doesn't work. In fact, it just creates a nice bubble in the economy like we saw during the Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama times. It just creates that bubble of, hey, we're creating something, but we're doing it falsely by not injecting it through the private sector, but taking private sector money out to spend it on public projects 
that are going to inflate and cause that nice little bubble in the economy that will eventually burst. Because you can't do it through the public sector. You can't do it through the government. But yet, that's what they try to do. Then he put the twist on it when it came to the environmentalism again. It also means replenishing our stockpiles to enhance our national security. As this pandemic has made clear, we can never again be in a position. We have to rely on a foreign country that doesn't... <laughs> Hold on. Did you hear that? We can never again be in a position. Uh, this position? A position of what? We can never again be in a position, just to let you know. ...our interest in order to protect our people during a national emergency. We need to make our own protective equipment essential products and supplies. And we'll work with our allies to make sure they have resilient supply chains as well. We'll also make historic investments in research and development, hundreds of billions of dollars, to sharpen America's innovative edge in markets where global leadership is up for grabs. Markets like battery technology, artificial intelligence, biotechnology, clean energy. The federal government also owns an enormous fleet of vehicles which we're going to replace with clean electric vehicles made right here in America by American workers, creating millions of jobs. <laughs> wow. So there you go. The economic recovery plan is to create government contracts for uh, infrastructure, but then we're also going to reinvest in all of the motorcades and all of the federal vehicles across the nation and change them into, oh, yes, Electric cars. Hey, here comes the president's motorcade. Uh oh, he ran out of battery. I guess he's going to be stopped in the middle of the street. Oh, darn. That's where our economic recovery is going to come from. All the environmental companies, the environmental industry, and making everything nice and clean so that way we can have clean motorcades running all over the. Now, we'll still fly everywhere to where we still burn up the ozone layer with your nice little Air Force One, but we're going to have battery powered motorcades and federal vehicles thousands of them all over the nation meep meep don't we feel like we're really really moving in the right direction here in the country the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today, radio and TV, plus the live stream we have right now, which seems to be doing relatively well, as we are still on YouTube for the moment. We are still banned on Facebook right now, so working on that one. But we are on Twitter right now, and we're also on Twitch. You can find it all at Hoosier Reason, at Hoosier Reason, H-O-O-S-E-R, 
Reason, plus the website at HoosierReason.com, which, by the way, next weekend we do have the end of the month, obviously, so the newsletter will be back out, which means you can subscribe at HoosierReason.com, become a Hoosier-holic, say, heck yeah, as soon as that pop-up comes up, type in your email. We won't spam you. It's totally free. Just a monthly newsletter talking about the latest and greatest on everything we're working on with all the stuff coming up for the next month with a nice little blog on there, which I'm not the biggest writer, but hey, what the heck? We're going to have it on there and have some fun with it anyway. So make sure to uh, check it out online at HoosierReason.com. All right, after the bottom of the hour, we have Michael Beatrice on COVID-19 lockdown on trial. We'll chat with him for a minute, but Joe Biden with his press conference today on the Build back better recovery plan more of like a green new deal fusion of trying to create some false government public programs and public uh, investment for infrastructure that all of a sudden is i guess going to make everything all better and with the executive order i'll be signing today will increase buy american requirements for the for these kinds of projects and improve the way we measure domestic content requirements for example right now if you manufacture a vehicle for the federal government, you need to show that at least 50% of the components of that vehicle were made in America. <laughs> but because of loopholes that have been expanded over time, you can count the least valuable possible parts as part of that 50% to say made in America, while the most valuable parts, the engines, the steel, the glass, the manufact are manufactured abroad. Wow. All right. So there you go. We're just going to we're not going to entice people to want to purchase things from built in America or to entice to create production again here. In America. We're just going to force them to do it. This executive action, this build back better recovery plan from good old President Joe Biden, Mr. Sniffer himself. He's going to be the one to say we're just not going to incentivize to make people want to do it here by, you know, creating an environment for business to actually do well and actually create incentives for private sector to flourish and do it. No, we're just going to force you to do it. By the way. We're going to raise your taxes on it as well. So we'll raise your taxes while we force you to spend more money on doing it here than shipping it abroad. And then everybody can just get along nicely. Why won't you just get on board and unite with us? We're trying to punish you and shut you down. Why don't you just go along and agree with it? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio and TV plus the live streaming we have all over the place on the website at HoosierReason.com. Facebook banned us, but YouTube and Twitch are still rolling. Twitter 
still going for the moment, so make sure to check all them out. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand it, the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time, as we are by far the fastest hour of radio on radio. Wherever you may be, we appreciate you. By the way, just a little side note. So hopefully, hopefully, I didn't even ask you. Hopefully you had a great weekend. I did not because I cried a lot when Conor McGregor lost the fight on Saturday night. And I had way too much proper number 12 Irish whiskey, which made me have a headache most of the day yesterday. But hey, other than that, it was a great weekend. Just my man lost. I got to say, he did win the first round. He won the first round. It was a great first round, but then he just kind of fell apart in the second one. But he, honestly, let's be honest, he really hasn't been in the octagon in like three years. I mean, he was there last year for 42 seconds against Cowboy Cerrone, and he beat him. So that's not really technically in the octagon enough time to kind of get the feel for the way the octagon rolls again. The last time he's been in the octagon was about two and a half, three years ago against Habib Nurmagomedov when he lost. And uh, so it's been a while. So He's already announced he's ready to fight again, which I'm excited about. So that's good news. And if he can get some more fights under his belt, get back into the swing of things, get comfortable with it again, he's going to be the uh, two-weight class champ champ again like he is because he is by far the GOAT. So looking forward to that one. But, yes, I did cry a little bit on Saturday night. Anyways, shifting gears, that was my weekend. How was yours? Let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? I'm excited to have this guy back on the program, which makes me very happy to kick off a brand new week. Is this the first time we've had him on for 2021 as we talk about now with a new administration? How are things looking in the latest with COVID-19? He is the author of the book, COVID-19 Lockdowns on Trial. Michael Beatrice hanging out with us here. Michael, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm well. How are you, Andy? I am living the Now, i got to ask, did you watch the Conor McGregor fight Saturday? I did not. I did oh. watch the football games. <laughs> oh, okay. Watch the, well, see, that's probably what everybody else was excited about. And I'm over here like, yay, UFC. So there's uh, <laughs> there's that. But that's okay. It was it was a rough weekend. Although, being here in Kansas, everybody is wearing the Kansas City Chiefs stuff. So I guess that's good news on the football front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be a, a, a really, really exciting uh, Super Bowl having uh, Brady and Mahomes in there. Yeah. yeah, it will be nice. However, now with COVID, this is making it a little complicated this year, isn't it? I don't know how they're going to do this in Florida. Are they going to have like a certain amount of people at the Super Bowl? Are they just going to do it streaming? I mean, with COVID, where are we at with a lot of the shutdowns, reopenings right now? I know Florida's been a little more relaxed than some other states, but uh, when it comes to the larger venues, bars, restaurants, nightclubs, they're probably desperate to get some clients in there to kind of start respurring business again, aren't they? Well, Florida's pretty open uh, with respect to uh, restaurants and uh, bars and things like that. They're, they're about as open as it gets, uh, South Dakota and Florida. Uh, as far as the uh, stadium goes um, at Raymond James, I'm not actually sure what the capacity is, but I'm sure they're going to have people there, whether, um, whether it's a 25 or 50 percent type of capacity thing. Uh, I'm just not sure. But, uh, but uh, so, it, in fact, I just saw an article before we came on about whether the Bucks were going to have a real home field advantage, uh, you know, given that given the capacity restrictions. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not really going to feel like a home field crowd when everybody's uh, not going to be able to be ruined and, and cheering and hooting and hollering. So it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Uh, with that, let's talk about just overall right now. I find it ironic. I'm really glad that we're starting to see states, even the most Democrat states, California, Michigan, New York, starting to open things up. New York City wants to open up some of the restaurants now partially or at least do some kind of uh, deals. But I find it convenient that it's just days after the Biden administration takes over of, oh, he's done such a great job. And now we feel more comfortable with vaccine rollouts that we're going to start opening things up now that Donald Trump's gone. Because, of course, he was the most horrible person in the entire world to ever try and handle a pandemic. To me, it's just weird. 
Yeah, so I think there's, there's two sides to this thing. Uh, one, I'm pretty closely aligned with you uh, in general in that it, I think it's very coincidental in terms of timing uh, that you're seeing a lot of um, Democrat-led states start to relax some of their restrictions or at least give indications they're going to do so right at the uh, time of the inauguration. So yeah. um, the other side of me, we, went, we talked about this before we came on, is um, that's good for America. And so, you know, we can, we can uh, uh, sort of reflect on this when it comes time to voting, but otherwise let's just be glad that things are starting to relax. Sure. And so what you're seeing, uh, but, but the other side of that also is that we're down about 15% in total U.S. hospitalizations uh, for COVID uh, now compared to uh, about 30 days ago. And so there is a little bit of a break. California is getting a, a tiny bit of a breather. It's, it's, a, it's almost the same, but it is lessening and it's certainly, certainly trending down. And so that, that could warrant a little bit of relaxation. But in my opinion, and we've talked about this you know, several times um, over the last six months, we never needed to do any of these things. Right. Uh, and, and if you need a justification for this, if you take the top 10 states in the country over the last 100 days, Florida is the most open of the top 10 most populated states, uh, by far the most open. And they have, on a per capita basis, the fewest cases, hospitalizations, and deaths of any of the top 10 states with the lightest restrictions. Wow. It's nuts. I mean, I could go on and on about this data, but I wanted just to bring this point home. If lockdowns and masking works, states that are open without restrictions like South Dakota, Florida, and we can even throw North Dakota in there. If it works, those states should be blowing up compared to uh, states with tight restrictions. And they aren't. They're either doing about, well, they're doing about the same. South Dakota, North Dakota got hammered in November, uh, early December, and they're done. They're done. So they were top four, top six uh, in per capita deaths, and now they're slipping down. They'll end up out of the top ten with no restrictions. Wow, unbelievable! And I mean, they still just don't see these other states where they really locked everything down. They don't see and be like, "Wow, maybe they did something that we should learn from." I mean, they just don't care. It was we're going to lock things down. We're going to make sure that no one's completely movable at all, and we're just going to. And, and they saw some of the highest rates. I think largely some of it because of, obviously there was a large population there, so it was hard to stop the spread of something like that. But at the same time, using basic common sense, I mean, we didn't see the big bump that everybody was anticipating when it came to Thanksgiving or to Christmas or to New Year's. We didn't see the massive spikes because I think people, number one, are just using common sense, but no regulations that the government's doing are really changing things, are they? No, no. And what we're seeing is it's, it's probably, you know, I never use this, this uh, expression, the expression of cutting your nose off to spite your face. But what we're really seeing is an example of, of that, where we're, we've, so many governors have created like a zero-sum situation where it's only about COVID suppression. And anything we do, it's got to be about COVID suppression. And you never hear discussions about balance, about risk and consequence. And so you just don't hear much about like, it is devastating right now what's going on with school. I mean, kids, K through 12, they're done. They're yeah. done this year. That's a year and a half of fractured education. There's, we're, we're already at February 1st with schools, with them debating and negotiating with unions. We're beyond this. Like, so this year's gone. Um, that is a, that's a human rights crime. I mean, there's not a situation in the world where schools opening has been traced back to, uh, you know, kind of an outbreak, let's say, of a, uh, 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 hospitalizations and deaths. Not one in the world, Andy. Right. Yeah. No, it's unbelievable. And I mean, I have a six-year-old. She's in first grade right now. 
doing virtual learning and try and keep a six-year-old paying attention to a laptop with multiple six-year-olds on there with a teacher trying to yell at them on how to cover their homework each and every day. It just doesn't work. And she's frustrated. We're frustrated. And we're still doing half of the home just, you know, schooling from home just to keep her caught up and doing it ourselves because it doesn't work that way. And now we see the teachers union saying, we're not going to go back to the classroom across the country until we get mandatory vaccines for the teachers and for the students. Let's, I mean, we got a couple minutes here before we have to take a break. Let's talk about this vaccine distribution. Is it going to at some point have to be mandatory for certain industries and are they going to mandate this vaccine or are we going to have a choice to decide whether we want it or not? Well, uh, we're probably going to be in a mandated situation where uh, you're not required to do it, uh, to take it, but you're required to uh, have taken it if you want to do certain things, which is travel, go certain places. That, that clearly seems like it's coming. Um, we can debate uh, the, the, uh, you know, the rationale, the, you know, the sort of the constitutional rights, the civil liberties part of this. My advice, based on what I've seen, take it and let's move on, honestly. Really? Okay. Uh, this is not the mountain I think that everybody wants to die on. Uh, uh, now, for kids, it's a little different situation. They haven't done testing on kids, and kids really aren't. I mean, kids are less susceptible to COVID-19 than they are the flu. That's statistically a fact. Uh, and so, you know, having kids 16 and under, you know, requiring them to take it, there's a little bit of lunacy there. But uh, if teachers feel like they want to get in line, we're going to have plenty of vaccines over the next quarter. This Again, school's yeah. gone this year, but we should be in good shape for the fall. Yeah, I mean, I see I see now some of the companies coming out as well. United Airlines saying one that they're going to mandate their employees to take it uh, just to work at United Airlines. I mean, I think the airline industry, as you mentioned, if you want to travel, I mean, it's going to be kind of one of those. But it seems like most people are just wanting to take it. I mean, we have back orders of people trying to get appointments to get the COVID vaccine all over the country right now. So it seems like it's something that, as you mentioned, people just want to take it and kind of move on right now, don't they? Uh, I, I think a lot of people do. What's the very interesting part of this is that you've got a very high number, in some cases up, you know, 50% of healthcare workers that won't take it. And so, you know, they're kind of more in the know than, let's say, you or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in some cases, they're getting incentives or, you know, pseudo bribes. In fact, I saw one where in, in a Dallas hospital, I live in Dallas, they were giving away an incentive to, uh, if you take the vaccine, you could get into a lottery to win a uh, a pair of Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> That's worth about ten grand or something. So, uh, so you know, whatever it takes. But uh, again, my, you know, if you're in an at-risk category, uh, they haven't really done testing except now we have because people are getting tested or are getting vaccinated around the world. But right. they didn't do any testing uh, on people over eighty. Uh, and so I think if you're really, really elderly, you really need to have a discussion with your doctor about it and look at some of the data. But in the big picture, I'd say we take it and move on. Take it, move on. Michael Beatrice, Beatrice underscore Michael on Twitter. You can find him on there. Author of the book COVID-19 Lockdowns on Trial. Uh, we got about 10 seconds here, but a time frame. Do you think everything's going to be opened up by the end of this year? By the end of this year. Yeah, I think we'll be pretty normal by the end of this year. That would yeah, be yeah. really good news. I like it. Michael, let's that do this again real news. soon. I love talking to you, my friend. Let's do this again here soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Hey, always a pleasure right there. That's Michael Beatrice. Make sure to check out the book, COVID-19 Lockdowns on Trial, opening things up, getting things back underway. How's it going to look throughout this year? We'll continue to talk about that here on the program. We'll take a break, wrap up the show already here on The Voice of Reason for a happy, happy, happy Monday. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, 
we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, so if you're watching the live video stream right now on some of the social media platforms or on TV, it may seem a little, like, glitchy today. We may be pixelated because my computer is acting like a Monday. That's what we're going to call derogatory terms today. It's going to be a Monday. (laughs) That's really the way the day's been going, but it's cool. It's all right. So if it's been a little glitchy on the video side of it, don't worry. Uh, We had a little glitch earlier. It's okay. It's cool. We're rocking and rolling because we don't let anything bring us down, baby. That's what we do, even when Conor McGregor loses his fights. But he's back. I will say I saw a story today that Coach uh, John Cavanaugh did come out and say that he is back, ready to go training, and he's good to go for another fight. He's still looking at a three- to four-fight season, so all is well in the world. We can still live happy and harmoniously even after a loss of Conor McGregor that made me cry a little bit over the weekend. And a glitchy computer on a Monday. So there's that for you. Thanks again to Michael Beatrice coming on the program and uh, talking about COVID-19. The vaccine is still, he said, don't, he, according to him, that's not the hill to die on is fighting the vaccine and the, the mandatory vaccination. I, I'm going to say I'm not going to do it. I don't want to get the vaccine. I want my immune system to build up naturally to it. I think I've, I don't know if I've been exposed to it or not. Who knows? But I'm not a vaccine kind of guy, not like anti-vaxxing, but I just I don't need to get unnecessary vaccines. Remember what they used to do like thousands of years ago before vaccines? And they died at the age of 30. No, they didn't. Some of them did because they didn't like use natural remedies for stuff. But we can do that. You can boost your immune system. And if you get the vaccine and I don't get the vaccine, then if I get COVID, you're not going to get COVID. So everything's kosher, right? So the way things like are normally. So if you get the protection and I don't get the protection, then I get sick and you don't get sick. Then why do you care? But that's, again, the control freaks on the other side of the aisle just want everybody to do it because, well, that's what we want you to do. And they want the children to be mandated, too, which is very strange to me, because if 
a child gets mandated. You haven't done any studies on children. You don't know the re- results of it to children. Children don't even like spread the virus or even like have a lower chance of actually getting it. No outbreaks have been done by children. So why would you mandate children from getting it? And then teachers, why are you so scared to death to go in? I, I look, I love teachers. There's nothing against teachers here. But why would you be so paranoid to go into a classroom full of children if children don't spread the virus and don't get the virus necessarily and no outbreaks have been done by children? So why would you be that paranoid to actually go into a classroom and said, let's just do the remote learning, the remote learning? Yeah, again, I have my six-year-old, little voice of reason. Try and get her to study at a laptop hours on end. And what they do, I don't like it because it puts pretty much makes us do the homeschooling already. They do like an, uh, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes on the computer. And the teacher will go over a book and some of the work, and it'll be like, all right, we're going to take a brain break. I've never heard of a brain break before. We never got brain breaks when I was in first grade. I, I, I remember my first grade-ish. We never had a brain break. We had some recess. We had a little break once in a while for a bathroom or water break, whatever. But we had a brain. Now they have brain breaks where they do about 45 minutes of class. Then they're like, all right, here's your assignment. Work with your parents on this and then sign back in in an hour and we'll do a checkup and do something else. So an hour goes by. They, it takes like 10 minutes to do the homework assignment. The hour goes by. She gets signed back in. The teacher's like late and students can't can't log on and there's internet connection issues and then the students are talking and talking over each other and it's hard to hear the teacher and the teacher's yelling at them and then they finally get them all settled down and they start working on the project again and then it takes an hour just to get a new assignment where they're like all right check back in in two hours and we'll do it all over again it is literally the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my entire life i i, I don't know how Mrs. Voice of Reason does it. I don't know how little Voice of Reason does it. To me, it's just the most annoying. I, If I were at home all day, I would be losing my mind. I do not know how she does it, which brings me to my Valentine's, where I'm going to have to find a really nice gift for Mrs. Voice of Reason because of all the garbage she has to go through this year. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe I'll buy her a Conor McGregor fight. Ah, see what we did there? See? Oh, that's a joke. Although she did stay up and enjoy that with me on Saturday night as well for a date night. That was kind of fun. Uh, So we have some work to do. But when we talk about mandated vaccines, we're starting to see companies already come out and want to mandate it. As we mentioned, CNBC, United Airlines CEO, wants to make COVID vaccines mandatory for all employees within the company and encourages other companies to do the same thing. Can the company force you to take a vaccine for you to actually show up? Now, Kids in school, you have to have their list of vaccines for them to actually show up in school or else they're not allowed to attend the public school. So are they going to do the same thing with this one in the public schools? And are businesses and private companies going to start doing the same thing? It's going to be a discussion that we have to address sometime this year, whether you want to or not. Again, I'm just not a big fan of doing it. Mostly just because I don't like where it's coming from and because the government's telling me I have to. If it were coming in a different circumstance, maybe I'd consider it. But the fact that you're telling me to kind of build up that wall. I'm like, make me. Because I'm just the evil rebel that way, right? Been called that quite a bit growing up. You punk rebel kid. You punk rebel kid. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? It's what we do. It's what conservatives are. We're the rebels, baby. We're the ones that throw the tea in the harbor and drink it. Why? Because we can does it for us today podcast going up a little bit we have a heck of a laundry list of great guests coming on the show this week so make sure to, student, to stay tuned in for all of it podcast up in a little bit here i'm andy hoosier it's the voice reason everybody have a wonderful monday evening hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time 
The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.